Cornucopia Radio presents Hello and welcome to A Little Bit Racy, the improvisation comedy panel show that you just couldn't make up. I'm your host, James Cottle, a.k.a. OBE NBC GBH, okay? <laughs> In the show, panellists race against the time limit of just three minutes to improvise their way to a destination. They begin from different starting points and use an assortment of randomly assigned objects, companions and modes of transport, but they must keep all of them with them when they travel. They also have to overcome another panellist who will improvise obstacles to try and stop them. These panellists asked if I could refrain from patronising them. <laughs> Silly billies. They must be getting patronising confused with helping. <laughs> Please welcome Hugh Clark, David Ruddock, Tama Broadbent and Tom Harrison. <laughs> so let's move on to the challenge in round one. It's a dark day for the staff at Falkirk Morrison's. <laughs> Someone has taken a plastic bag without paying 5p for it. This injustice will not stand. But luckily, the government has put tracking devices on all the bags in order to catch these devious bandits. You must head to La Paz in Bolivia and retrieve the requisite payment. So, attempting the challenge first will be Hugh. Your object tonight is a nude portrait of yourself. Your companion is a Nickelback tribute band. Your mode of transport is a riding mower, and your starting point is imprisoned for a crime you didn't commit in Djibouti, Djibouti. <laughs> so best of luck to you, Hugh, and best of luck to you, David, throwing obstacles in his way to try and stop you. So, Hugh, your time starts now. Right, uh, so, well, obviously, the crime I didn't commit is, is obvious. I wasn't at a Nickelback tribute concert. <laughs> I was just looking for the toilet. <laughs> but, you know, so, so, uh, Somalia, which is where Djibouti Djibouti is, um, uh, people, you know, obviously raided this concert because Nickelback tribute band. Uh, that's a crime against humanity. Um, and uh, so uh, they've thrown us all in prison. And uh, here I am. Uh, Pain painting a nude portrait. Well, arts and crafts in prison is, you know, very prevalent. I've got yeah. pretty good at it, The I Nickelback tribute band are very complimentary of your figure. Amazing. <laughs> this has boosted my confidence so that today is the day I'm going to Shawshank this mother thing. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, while uh, out on duty doing the gardening, uh, what Somalians <laughs> don't know is where I'm from. Everyone has a ride on lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, I they never factored that in when they put you into prison. No, no. So I, I pull my ride on lawnmower out of my ride on lawnmower pouch, and uh, <laughs> and I, I get my Nickelback concert uh, tribute band and my nude portrait of myself on it. Drive through the chain link fence and uh, out onto the plains of Africa. Um, that's, 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 that's where I am. That's the continent I am on. <laughs> um, and I start heading in a sort of a westerly direction, which is towards South America, I believe. And Indeed. you end up at the Serengeti, where uh, all the farmers are asking you to stop and mow their lawns for you. <laughs> I say. 
to them, for I am a cruel gardener. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I drive by mowing only the bits that are driest and already, like, they don't need tending to. I just stare them directly in the eye and ruin their uh, raised beds. The Nickelback, the Nickelback tribute band are very offended by your inhumanity, and they insist that you stop to mow every single lawn. Uh, I stop. I remove the Nickelback tribute band from my uh, from my ride-on lawnmower, and I slap each one of them individually. <laughs> and, how, how many is that? Uh, five. I'm going to say five. <laughs> one minute left. Uh, and, I, and I just yeah, I, I give them a good slap, uh, and I say, "Get it together, you weirdos! Why are you doing what you're doing?" Get them back on the ride-on lawnmower with my nude portrait, and just carry on straight on. And I get, I believe, to the to the Cote d'Ivoire, the other side of Africa. <laughs> yep. now, now I've got to deal with the Atlantic. Yay! <laughs> I'll let you get on with that. No, thank you. <laughs> Luckily, everyone knows that in order to be the lead singer of a Nickelback tribute band, you have to have hair made of ramen noodles. Um, <laughs> I dunk yeah. the lead singer in in the ocean, and the salt water expands his hair to create a noodle bridge all the way to South America, and we begin traipsing along this noodle bridge. The only problem is the lawnmower mistakes the grass for the hair for grass and starts tearing up the bridge as you're on it. Oh, no, I left the sentience on my lawnmower. <laughs> Ten seconds left. <laughs> I switch it off. <laughs> I pick up the lawnmower, I run, and then I get to the other side and pull all of the hair back to get my lead singer back, but unfortunately I've only made it to the coast of Brazil and not quite all the way to Bolivia. Oh, Hugh Clark. Yeah. Noble effort. Thank you very much. As noble effort as you can have with a Nickelback tribute band. <laughs> so now David will be attempting the challenge to get to Bolivia. You have with you as your object a Ginster's pasty that everyone around you desperately wants. <laughs> your companion is an impossibly handsome ski instructor. Your mode of transport is a giant snail, human-sized. And your starting point is hogtied over a sacrificial pyre in Aberdeen, Scotland. <laughs> So, best of luck to you, David, trying to get to La Paz in Bolivia, and best of luck to you, Hugh, trying to stop him. David, your time starts now. So, it's any other Saturday night in the middle of uh, Bedeen. <laughs> I, I am being sacrificed to the Scottish gods, and I, I decide, uh, I, I call out to my ski instructor, Sven, 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 come, come save me. He gallops in very romantically on his giant snail, and, <laughs> and he holds against his pasty aloft, and everyone diverts their attention away from me, and I manage to use the fire to burn the ropes off me. I climb down, climb through the crowd, and I'm on the snail, and we are away very slowly. But <laughs> Your ski instructor eyes your pasty. <laughs> oh God. I, I, I put the pasty in my pants, and... <laughs> <laughs> Your ski instructor is less sad about this than you would expect. <laughs> He's almost aroused. Uh, I put the pasty into the snail's mouth, and then Sven is quite more turned off by the idea. So we end up making our way down south into uh, good old Blighty. Uh, on the way, we um, use the pasty to distract people from stopping us by just waving it around, and they sort of, they sort of eye like that, and they've got no time to register there's a giant snail with a very, very <laughs> handsome man riding it, and also my ski instructor. So we make it down to Dover. Of course, that's where every ship goes to when they go to Dover. Yep. <laughs> Very true. P&O just says no. They just have a big sign saying no giant snails. <laughs> Under five foot only. Um, so we get into France and we avoid all the obvious cliches. And put, it's a snail. It, it's, uh, gets on, 
on the underside of a boat. We don't, <laughs> it sucks on. They don't notice because we're sort of just lying low. Clinging. Yes, exactly. We're clinging. We get to France and we avoid all the hungry French people who see a giant snail and would want it because we have a very irresistible Guinness pasty with us. The combination of giant snail and irresistible pasty leads to a sort of zombie crowd in front of you. Not to mention the ski instructor. He's handsome. <laughs> well, you say that. But One this, minute left. The ski instructor is so handsome. The power overcomes both the Ginsters Pasty and the Snail. Remember in France. Um, <laughs> and all eyes are, are put onto him, including all the men. He's that handsome. And so, again, we in the reverse of the situation, we use him to distract them from the Ginsters Pasty. Sven also wants to have uh, relations with all of the French people. He's- well... He is used to it, so he just goes about the business. Get, gets through them all very quickly. <laughs> that, oh, okay. that gives us time to move the snail along because it needs the time. And so <laughs> by the time Sven catches up with us, we've gone about 50,000 kilometres. Just about, yeah, why yeah. not? Sven needs to see a doctor due to a suspicious itching sensation. Uh, we, I rub the Ginsters pasty on the affected areas <laughs> and, and the, the, the heat from within melts the itching away. And we do the same thing we did before because that's how comedy works. You repeat the jokes, and the snail, <laughs> the snail sticks to the side, sticks to the side of a boat, and we make our way to the destination over the ocean, which takes a long time. But because it's comedy, it's funny things happen, and we get there, <laughs> and we don't get to hear them. That felt like part one of a larger story. <laughs> Be prepared. Really getting into it. We should do <laughs> Fantastic work there from our first pair in round one. But we're now moving on to our second pair and attempting the challenge first will be Tamar. Your object tonight is a bicycle pump. Your companion is a Furby possessed by your disappointed old school teacher. Your mode of transport is a deep sea observation pod. And your starting point is locked in the freezer unit in Iceland in Iceland. <laughs> and Tom will be attempting to stop you uh, by throwing whatever obstacles he can in your way. So best of luck to you, Tamar. Your time starts now. So obviously, I work in the department that deals with moral issues surrounding supermarkets, which is why they want me to go and uh, deal with the plastic bag. It's an important department. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, but my first, uh, I, was, I was actually, they caught me when I was on another job, which was going to the headquarters of Iceland, in, in Iceland, uh, to, to inform uh, Kerry Katona that her contract has been terminated. <laughs> <laughs> and she's no longer allowed it. She's got so cross that she has locked me in the freezer. And I'm in there for a minute thinking, oh God, I'm not strong enough to like get out of this. The I may Furby as well give up. Help <laughs> exactly. And then I've got, but what happens is the Furby says, you know, this would never have happened if you hadn't bunked off PE all the time. <laughs> Amazingly, <laughs> I was about to go for PE. <laughs> but that inspires me. That gives me the angry strength to, you know, gain, gain all my might and just break through the freezer. And then I head for the edge of ice. Iceland with my deep sea observation pod, hop in, um, and we we get sailing to Bolivia. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, your uh, pod attracts the attention of a uh, whale. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that it's an albino whale like Moby Dick, but because that's a cliche. So just a conventional whale, <laughs> um, uh, which uh, swallows it whole, uh, assuming that it's 
whale food. What do whales eat? Plankton that's nothing like a pod. Assuming it's whale food. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, well, um, what happens is, luckily, we've stocked the deep sea pod with supplies from Iceland. <laughs> and, and we just chuck them out, and the whale is so uh, disgusted by the food <laughs> that he just, like, spits us hey, back out into the ocean. that's why lost mariners shop at Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, great. So yeah, so we've been uh, we've been shot out, and uh, we we are set sail again. So we're on route. Okay, the, your um, PE teacher Furby has realised that you haven't arbitrarily done exercise at school for, for a long time, <laughs> um, so he's insisting that you do laps around the uh, very small pod. Okay, <laughs> right. So that's that's absolutely fine. Um, I start I start racing around, um, at, at r- running round and round and round. And I say, <laughs> listen, okay, you know you weren't that great either. You never. <laughs> Inspired me okay. enough. The Furby ex- concedes defeat and slinks off to secretly eat fried chicken in the teacher's <laughs> lounge. Um, and I, you know, I feel quite bad because obviously he's he's dead, and that's why he's, he's possessed this Furby. He probably wanted no to point. possess the bicycle pump, but missed. He's not, well, <laughs> probably did. So I, so I go and I say, listen, we should just be be friends. You did inspire me in a lot of ways, and it's not so bad. Look, you're a you're a Furby now. They're really they're really current. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone knows, like everyone loves them, so it's not so bad. Um, and then we go to the helm together again, holding hands. hands. <laughs> I wouldn't. Hold Hold hands with the PE teacher. <laughs> <laughs> hand to wing, hand to wing. But great, and we're not far away. We're literally nearly there. Like there's, uh, we're, we're we're on our way. Ten seconds left. Okay. <laughs> and then I use the bicycle pump for some extra momentum and just like put it out the back, and so we speed that little extra bit, and we arrive in Bolivia on time. Thanks to the bicycle pump. <laughs> Have a problem. <laughs> Excellent stuff there, but now it will be Tom's turn to try and get to Bolivia. You have with you as your object a rug that is always dusty. (laughs) Your companion is the Phantom of the Opera. Your mode of transport is a comically undersized motorbike. And your starting point is rapidly sinking into a boggy swamp in Cambodia. Now, Tama, you'll be trying to stop him by throwing whatever obstacles you can in his way. Tom, your time starts now. Okay, so I shake the rug, covering myself in a layer of dust while not actually removing any dust from the rug, obviously. Uh, (laughs) It's the never-ending dusty rug. Um, And uh, as uh, friction scientists uh, have uh, found out, uh, dust actually is a really good anti slippy thing so I <laughs> used it to climb out of the side I spent way too much time getting out of the side yeah. uh, so I, I climb out and set off on my tiny comically undersized motorbike with the Phantom of the Opera just like I guess riding piggyback it's a little bit we don't look cool a, a local mini biker gang um, <laughs> think that you are invading their turf so they come and they are all lined up in front of you looking pretty angry I, I rise to the challenge and agree to a joust with uh, the leader of the mini biker gang who's called Small Evil. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, charging at him, uh, and then I shoot, uh, use my rug to just like, 
I don't want to say sploosh, because that's a really bad word. <laughs> Smash uh, <laughs> dust into his face and then make a really quick uh, escape getaway where we head to Sydney, uh, famous, of course, for its opera house. <laughs> and, and who's my companion of the Phantom of the Bloody Opera? <laughs> exactly. So uh, the Phantom of the Opera is actually required to stop off and make a special performance at the Sydney Opera House. Andrew Lloyd Webber is actually going to be there and wants you to sit through the whole of the performance which we know will probably kill you both you won't won't want to carry on so what you gonna do I wake up nine years later with horrible muscle degradation having been asleep (laughs) the entirety of the performance but having blown away critics on such a uh, massive extent that they allow me to use Andrew Lloyd Webber's personal auto gyro (laughs) to uh, one minute left to uh, I and hopped uh, around following him on tour and thankfully the uh, the next place on the tour is Rio de Janeiro what happens is Andrew <laughs> Webber is on the plane with you and he has got a chronic dust allergy and so he's really angry that you've had to bring this silly rug with you that's always dusty and he's sneezing all over the place and he's saying we're gonna have to stop you're gonna have to get off okay I'll Emergency uh, stop like the obvious choice would be to give him an antihistamine but I don't want to help Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> so, uh, so I uh, j- emergency emergency making up words whatever uh, parachute out uh, somewhere over Texas we're going via Texas to Rio and that's because Andrew Lloyd Webber has special parachutes stocked on the plane he does, it, sometimes yeah. he just likes to keep things extreme he's a little known <laughs> extreme sportsman is Andrew Lloyd Webber um, before you know it the tiny bikers have actually uh, hung to the bottom of the plane and they're using your dusty rug as a makeshift parachute and they're following you all okay. of them what I do is I go to the Phantom of the Opera and I'm like right what you need to do is just dramatically reveal your face and they'll be so horrified they'll drop unfortunately <laughs> this is one of the stage versions where the only disfigurement he has is one scar down it so <laughs> Ten all I'm, saying, I'm just like seriously you're that vain <laughs> um, uh, so we, go. we hitch up the the mini bike and just pout it full pout as it were <laughs> uh, probably not getting there but hopefully depending on what james says yeah <laughs> my word is law <laughs> Excellent stuff there from both pairs in round one, but we now have to find out the two winners who are moving on to round two. And those two winners are Hugh and Tamar. Congratulations, we now move swiftly on to round two. In this round, the winning panelists must improvise their way to a whole new destination. They may use their object companion and mode of transport again, but this time they are allowed to dispose of them if they wish. However, the defeated panelists will try and stop them once again this time using their own object, companion, and mode of transport to improvise obstacles in order to prevent them from becoming the a little bit racy bag burglary bill bringer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what the challenge is in round two. You arrive at the source of the tracking signal and find the bag discarded in a local waste bin. Why would anyone throw away such a valuable item? And how are you going to catch them now? Luckily for you, they left a vital clue in the bag. A receipt for an airline ticket back to Falkirk, UK. You must get there before them and confront them at the exit. So, attempting the challenge first will be Hugh, who just to remind everyone has with him a nude portrait of himself, his Nickelback tribute band and his riding mower. But now David will be trying to stop him. 
using his ginster's pasty that everyone around him desperately wants, his impossibly handsome ski instructor, and his giant snail. So, best of luck to you, Hugh, trying to get to the airport at Falkirk. Your time starts now. Right, so uh, obviously... Everyone knows that the coast of Brazil to Peru is a very, very short distance. So that was a really easy nip over on the lawnmower to go <laughs> yeah, yeah, find, yeah. find the plastic bag. Yeah. Um, and, and now I've, I've, I've done nipped back to the coast and I find myself in uh, the capital city of Brazil, which is... Brasilia! Brasilia! And the, the only problem is Brazil is a very Christian conservative country and they are quite offended by the nude portrait. Also, the Nickelback are bad, but they're offensive everywhere. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, nude portraits uh, are only... Uh, obviously very bad for Christians. That was not what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> except for one instance, and that is when they are in a museum. So I immediately go to the, the famous Brasilia Art Museum. <laughs> Find the nearest Michelangelo, knock it off the wall, and put myself in place. Grab a quick Snapchat and move on. Uh, <laughs> I get myself to the coast, assuming that there is some sort of boat to be had, and I, uh, on my ride on lawnmower, move up to the pier and set up my tribute band playing as loud as possible the offensive music drives fishermen off their boats <laughs> and into the sea <laughs> it's that bad so I, uh, I ride my lawnmower onto a boat because it has sentimental value you're sailing along in the boat but then you notice there's a massive weight on it it's dragging it down lo and behold sucking onto the bottom <laughs> is a giant snail <laughs> I was really hoping it wouldn't have to come to this. <laughs> but I take my lawnmower, I lay it on its side and wait for a couple of hours as the snail begins to make its way up the side <laughs> of the boat <laughs> and mow its face using oh. the spinning blades. Uh, I'm very sorry, not really, <laughs> but your, your snail is now... Escargetti uh, in, <laughs> in strands uh, coming along uh, just trailing along behind the boat so I'm really sorry You've about that You've made Sven very sad uh, Well I console Sven obviously he's <laughs> on the boat and I say Sven I've got a room downstairs How like, big is this boat? Well, it's a fisher boat like it's where they keep all the fish <laughs> One minute left Sven's a Swede he likes fish pickled fish mainly but fish and I say let's go downstairs and really talk this out uh, we go downstairs we have a life affirming chat and, uh, Where is this going? I'm just, I'm just consoling Sven James, on the journey back to, back to England. Like, he feels much better. We arrive at uh, Cornwall, which is the lower corner of England. Yeah. And, as, uh, you, as you arrive up to the coast, I toss the Ginsters pasty in like a grenade while it's still off the coast, and people jump onto the boat and it starts to bring it down again. Goodness gracious me. I put, I put the, uh, the lawnmower in reverse. Now my mower blades are acting like a giant helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I take this and uh, uh, whatever else I have. I know the uh, tribute band's back in uh, Brazil, still <laughs> being offensive to everyone. You have everyone. nothing left. You've no, lost it all. So <laughs> I'm flying up, up England on my flying lawnmower, getting towards Falkirk. Ten seconds left. Give me something. At the last ditch attempt, I jump up and grab onto the lawnmower and start bringing it down again. I'm very good with gravity. Uh, <laughs> we crash. Um, it's awful. You die. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something I, I... It's a sacrifice I'm willing to make, but I tumble to fall. Excellent, cute clap. <laughs> and in memoriam, David Ruddock. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff from Hugh and David there. But now attempting the challenge will be Tamar, who, just to remind everyone, has with her a bicycle pump, a Furby possessed by a disappointed school teacher, and a deep sea observation pod. But now Tom will be trying to stop her 
using a rug that is always dusty, the Phantom of the Opera, and a comically undersized motorbike. Best of luck to you, Tamma. Try to get to Falkirk, UK. Your time starts now. Okay, so we've got to get out of Bolivia fast because um, when we when we arrived there, there are all these children who are really excited to see us. They'd never seen a deep sea pod before, but all we had to give them were bird's eye fish fingers. <laughs> so they're really cross, and then my Furby's all like, oh yeah, you see how you like dealing with 30 angry children. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just, uh, I mean, we all jump back in the pod and we kind of like roll to protect ourselves till we get to the, to the sea uh, and make a really long trip to try and get round South America and back to the UK. Uh, as you uh, set out to sea, you uh, hear on the uh, on the wind like some kind of howling, terrible thing. Uh, <laughs> mediocre d- opera <laughs> drifting out <laughs> as the uh, the Phantom of the Opera and me pedal out on a now we turned it into one of those pedalo things that you get a uh, centre part. Oh, um, no, this is terrible because actually the old school teacher was a huge Andrew Lloyd Webber fan and he, <laughs> and he used to make us listen to it in class. And so he try, he's trying to steer the pod like back towards you, and I'm like, no, no, for our safety, just listen to me. I promise, I'll I'll do I'll do some like laps around the pod. I'll do anything to make you happy, and uh, try. So we try and steer away from you as as fast as we can. Um. Okay. I. <laughs> I use a, uh, a, a a dusty rug as a sail uh, to try and close the uh, to try and close the distance. There's dust blowing off into the background, uh, which might be mistaken for an oil fire. But on the up, on the upside, it's not an oil fire. So. <laughs> okay, so we. I, this is the time, I guess, where I whip out my uh, fantastic bicycle pump and um, and you know what I just I just whack you over the head with it <laughs> all of the subtlety of a well played game of chess <laughs> And luckily that knocks it that knocks you out long enough for, for your phantom of the opera to realise he's actually far more interested in, in singing and has no idea how to do anything practical at all. And so, and so he just like drops into the sea and we get back on the road, sea road. One minute left. Um as you come ashore, I'm just having to go nuclear here. I'm going to, I'm gonna uh, bang the rug so hard, all of the dust shakes off of it. All of us are going to be affected with allergies. It's gonna, it's gonna cause a global tissue shortage. I will blacken the sky. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, well, as we're we're on the we're on the coast of England, obviously, and we all know how um, British people get on public transport when people come on with colds. Um, so basically, um, everybody who's waiting on the train platform at uh, Newquay, <laughs> everyone who's waiting on the train is just starts really politely tutting at you. No, no, this defeats me. I have a uh, I have a really a really really pissy article written about me in Metro with like <laughs> somebody plunged the world into another dark age <laughs> I'm not gonna say who though <laughs> 10 seconds left exactly and so we just carry on I take the deep sea pod on that train and um, um, and we just you know we set sail for Falkirk you know that direct nuclear to Falkirk line um, and um, yeah so uh, we, yeah we, we get there excellent <laughs> Marvellous stuff there. Marvellous stuff from both pairs there in round two. But now we have to find out who has won this a little bit racy. You get to the airport only to realise you have no way of identifying the outrageous culprit. Ah, disheartened, you fall back against a wall and slide to the floor. 
You've let everyone down. And now you... Hey, don't throw five peas at me. I'm not a homeless per... Problem solved! <laughs> you return with the payment and all is well in full Kirk Morrison's again. All thanks to you, our winner, Hugh Clark! Well, that's all we got time for on this show. I'd like to thank our panellists, Hugh Clark, David Ruddock, Tama Broadbent, and Tom Harrison. I've been your host, James Cottle, and if you've made it to the end of tonight's episode, you're clearly not with Talk Talk Broadband. <laughs> See you next time! enjoyed a little bit racing would like to find out more follow us on twitter at a little bit racy and like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash a little bit racy